0: Hello. Hello, is that Rob?
1: Yeah, hi Andrew, how are you?
0: Can you hear me okay?
1: Yes, I can, yeah.
0: So, how's life in Snug? This is the Snug Podcast. In this episode. Christmas greetings to and from Snug.
1: So, so look, Snug's in southern Tasmania, a little town quite close to the water.
2: It's a really challenging time for us all, I suspect. But the joy of general practice is that, you know, we do have flexibility in the way we organise ourselves.
3: Positivity, Barbara L. Fredrickson's perhaps the best book that I've personally read this year.
0: Hello again, welcome to another Snug podcast, just in time for Christmas and the new year. I'm Andrew McElhinney, and I'm a GP in NHS Forth Valley and a member of Snug, the Scottish National Users Group for GPIT. So another year is almost over. And today, we're going to reflect on 2021 and give you some good ideas for the start of 2022. Now, it's pretty dark and cold in Scotland at this time of year, and we're all trying to avoid Omicron while we get ready for Christmas. But just to explain what you heard at the very start of the podcast, we are delighted to have made contact with Dr. Rob Hamilton, who's a GP in Snug Medical Centre. Now, Snug is a small town on the south coast of Tasmania. And guess what? It's summer over there. And they have so far escaped just about any ill effect from the pandemic. Let's have a listen. Hello. Hello. Is that Rob? Yeah. Hi, Andrew. How are you? Can you hear me OK?
1: Yes, I can. yeah.
0: So how's life in Snug?
1: Look, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. But um, today marks the opening of our state borders. <laughs> and um, so been rising cases of um, COVID in New South Wales, particularly, who's, you know, probably done a Boris and just said, you know, let it, let it rip now. <laughs> and um, so we had, um, so I guess we're um, just on the cusp of having more in the, in the community. Yeah. We've had none, really, for two years, yeah.
0: So you've managed to keep life fairly normal?
1: Yes, it has been normal, and, but I think we're going to, you know, things are going to be more difficult, and um, certainly aiming to keep our practice open is difficult, and then maybe you can give me some tips on, on, on how you manage that, yeah.
0: Well, I don't know, it's been really difficult. I mean, Everyone's just fed up with it. But, but just uh, can, can you just explain exactly where snug is for people who don't know?
1: So, so, look, Snug's in, um, in southern Tasmania. So it's about half an hour's drive south of the capital, Hobart, but it's on, on close to the shores of uh Don Channel, which runs between uh, mainland Tasmania and Bruni Island. Um, and, of course, those those names um, steeped in the early explorers, in, the, in this case French, I think, <laughs> but... Um, um, yeah, so it's uh, yeah, a little little town, quite close to the water. And I always imagine that it's called that because on the other side, um, you know, there are, there are tiers, you know, sm- small mountains, um, quite close to the water as well. So it sort of goes from, from water to that, and, and the town is sort of, I think, snugly between, between the tiers and, uh, and the water, yeah.
0: So it's, uh, so the next stop, Antarctica.
1: Yeah, pretty much, um, after, yeah, off southern tip of Tasmania. Yeah, it
0: is. Um, I mean, it looks absolutely fabulous from the pictures that you can see online.
1: Yeah, yeah, look, it's, yeah, it's not a nice place to live, yeah, sort of, uh, um, I'm not sure how, much. I said that, yeah, Macquarie Island's probably a couple of thousand k's south of Tasmania, and is recognised as part of Tasmania, but, um, you know, it's a long way removed, really closer to New Zealand than Tasmania. <laughs> yeah, so, um.
0: And and you're a GP in Snug Medical Practice.
1: There, are, there are four of us. One of whom is a GP trainee who's very close to doing his exams. Um, yeah, just just a small practice uh, which I which I run. Um, you know, I do the sort of administrative part as well as 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 working in you know, as a GP. Yeah. I, unfortunately, I, I lost you there for a, a few a few seconds, but. Uh,
0: yeah, I was just saying. Um, just for comparison here in sterling i mean this time of year it's dark it's wet uh, everyone's got a colder cough and it's 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 really wintry but i'm guessing with you it must be about midsummer
1: uh, yes it is we've had a had a cooler summer than usual but it's you know it's, it's nice i'm i've just um standing outside because cell phone um reception is just slightly better outside our house because i've just in a in a live in a slightly country area and um um yeah, and it's you know it's quite pleasant at, at evening still still quite light at this time of night, yeah, probably we have daylight for another another hour and a half yeah from now
0: and we've we've got this image of you guys over there at Christmas uh, being able to go on the beach and have barbecues. is it really like that? yeah,
1: look it is yeah it's a lot, a lot of that yeah yeah we um we can do the beach kind of thing yeah.
0: Well, it really sounds like a, a good place to visit. Uh, I'd have to have to put it on the bucket list.
1: Yes, it would be nice to get back to a world where we can contemplate doing <laughs> traveling to other parts of the world. Isn't it? Yeah,
0: but it does. It does sound over there with you that the COVID's been really well contained, pretty well up till now.
1: Yes, it has. And look, we've got very high vaccination rates. You know, great. We're greater than ninety percent over twelve years of age. I think, or it might be over sixteen. Um, and uh, so hoping that as we open up and accept um, COVID in the community, that we, we won't have a lot of severe disease. That, that, I mean, that's the, that's the public health theory, and we hope that that works.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, look, I hope you manage to, to, to manage okay, keep on top of us, and to keep everyone sort of safe and healthy.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, so now we've made contact, it'd be, um, it'd be lovely to keep in touch and uh, maybe have a chat later on in the year to see how things are.
1: Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, great. N- nice to talk to you. Yes. Yeah, no, hopefully I'm, I might get myself a bit more technologically organised for next time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we can talk face to face.
0: Yeah, so we really appreciate you talking. Um, we, yeah, you know, we're in this organisation over here called uh, SNUG, the National, Scottish National Users Group. So um, I guess we'd uh, just like to, to wish you a happy Christmas over there in Snug from those of us over here who are members of Snug.
3: Yeah,
1: thanks. Same to you. Yeah, Merry Christmas and I hope it's, it's fine, fine for you.
0: Thanks, thanks Rob. Uh, lovely to talk to you. Bye.
1: Okay. Yeah, good night. Good oh, morning.
0: Absolutely brilliant to be able to talk to Rob and we would love to have another maybe longer chat with him. Hopefully before too long. I mean, Christmas on the beach, that does sound nice. And you have to say, deciding to keep COVID out of your country until everybody's vaccinated really does sound quite sensible. And they have managed it. So we wish them all the best over the next few months. Now, our next item is a little look back over 2021 with Dr. Neil Kelly. Neil's a GP in Dumfries and Galloway and has been the co-chair of SNUG for lots of years now. And we are very grateful to him for continuing in that role for a bit longer. We had a catch up a few days ago and reflected back over the past 12 months with a bit of a chat about the current state of general practice, what the current main GPIT situation is, why most of us might want to consider a digital detox. And we also tried to work out which of the lead singers from Madness and Suede were looking in better shape when we saw them recently. And that was all after we had managed to get some technical problems sorted out. Not those again. Yeah, fine. I'm just glad I can hear you. That's always a good start. Yeah, it should be fine. I'm just going to record it. I I, I don't have a record option on on this. Do you? I found this the other day when I was speaking to somebody. I didn't have a start recording option. Yeah, this works. Yeah, that's great. Well done. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, no, that's fine. Because uh, I, I don't know what the story is of these calls. I thought you could record calls, but obviously not. Yeah, obviously you need a, a bit of training in teams. I think that's my problem. I, don't know. I,
2: I suspect like like many uh, introductions of fancy suites of software um, into the service and in, in into life in general, we barely scratch, scratch the surface of, of available functionality in Office 365, wonderful suite of products. Um, potential revolutionising the way we potentially revolutionise the way we work in in, in the health service, but um, can we actually really realise that benefit, the the support, training and coordination of that is is a big ask. But um, we need, you know, we've invested a huge amount of money nationally in in buying all of this software and facility, and so we absolutely need to make the most of it, I suspect.
0: Okay, well, anyway, thanks for uh giving me a few minutes here um i guess you're you're a bit like a ghost of christmas past uh, appearing to remind me to be a better person
2: um andrew you have no need to be reminded about being a better person uh, the, the mere fact that you make the effort to do this at all is uh, brilliant and i know for snug it's, it's a really important additional um way for us to kind of communicate with, with our constituents with our members and um I think the fact that you've managed to sustain it over the course of the last little while is, is, has been great. So many thanks to
0: you. Well, thanks. It's it's fun. And it's actually one of the most educational things I think I, I do, you know, for appraisal or, or something. You know, you can just tap into all the different subjects. And uh, the, the people that you get to speak to are really fascinating. You know, obviously there's Prof. Ritchie and people like Chris Williams. And um, I spoke to a GP in Snug in Tasmania. So did, did you know there's a place called Snug? I didn't know that. Was fascinating. Uh, we've been in touch by email a few times and uh, we were trying to set up a conversation. Then we finally managed to, to make contact by telephone the other day. So he, he was describing this um, scene of sunshine and, uh, you know, beautiful uh, serenity. Uh, and I was sort of thinking of the comparison with Scotland where we're uh, surrounded by waves of Covid and storms and uh, winter and all the rest of it. So it was lovely to speak to him anyway.
2: Uh, and, he, and he has the, the cricket to enjoy at the moment, which is a source of some angst for anyone who follows English cricket, I suspect. Indeed.
0: So, so how, how has 20, 2021 been for you? Um, it's been hectic,
2: uh, Andrew, um, and I think that's the case for everybody working in general practice. This constant process of change, new ways of doing things, introduction of new systems has been really quite challenging. Um, and I suspect that probably again, along with all practices, we've noticed a significant increase in demand and expectation from the people that we're tasked with looking after um, one of my colleagues described it as living in the delivery culture um, that, that actually people, you know, expect everything to to be delivered as quickly as Amazon Prime. And uh, that's that's a big challenge for us. Uh, but, you know, actually. I consider myself very lucky. I have a great team around about us. We are involved in all sorts of other things which which creates a nice portfolio experience and learning in the practice. And that whole process of keeping a sense of proportion in what you do is really, really important, I think. Um, uh, I think people who are doing nine sessions of, of face-to-face clinical work at the moment must be feeling Really stressed, and uh, and uh, you know, I worry about people who are having to work in that way. We have a number of practices locally who um, have really struggled with recruitment, and I think it's a really difficult time for them um, because um, not only uh, is it difficult for them to recruit doctors, it's difficult to find locums, and it's difficult for them to retain nursing staff because they feel sometimes they're not being well supported. So. It's a really challenging time for us all, I suspect. but but the joy of general practice is that you know we do have a degree of of um, flexibility in the way we organize ourselves. We um, have a degree of choice in, in in the way we prioritize what we do, and that that's not necessarily the case you know for people who are in direct employment through through the health board.
0: have you Have you seen a lot of new ways of working, you know coming into the practice this year?
2: Um I mean, over the course of, of of the pandemic, yes. I mean, we um, adopted the e-consult digital um, consulting process, which um, we still use. You know, we're we're getting between 150 and 200 uh, e-consult requests a week um, for a practice population of about seven and a half thousand. We're still doing a lot of work on the telephone. I think that's here to say, stay. Actually, because people quite like that. It, we're we're And because of these two things, I think we're probably far more accessible now than we ever were before. And we're certainly not um, keeping people waiting for weeks on end to see a a, a doctor. Um, We've got lots of additional staff now working in the practice. So we've got a physio who started this year as a first contact practitioner for musculoskeletal problems. Our pharmacotherapy team has been um, expanded to include pharmacy technicians who are doing a lot of the medicines reconciliation stuff. Um, We've got mental health nurses, again, working in the practice. Uh, It's interesting because um, I suppose my reflection on all of that is that that, um, it makes you realize that a general practitioner gets through a heck of a lot of work, very, very varied work over the course of a day um whereas those who are coming from a more specialist background that their productivity is probably not quite the same they probably are far safer because they take time and they listen um and whereas we hash on through and sign 200 repeat prescriptions, see 20 patients and make 10 phone calls all at the same time that it takes them to see four people um so yeah it, it's, it's been a really interesting learning experience over the last few months. I reckon we've seen more change in the last 18 months than I have over the last 18 years, probably.
0: I thought it was really interesting back in May uh, when we had the members day and we had that talk from Matt Houghton almost comparing the experience in England with what we've had and there was obviously a lot of similarities you know a lot of move towards digital ways of working but then some significant differences and obviously they've managed to do e-prescribing and they've managed to collect practice activity data which I think are two areas that we are trying to develop up here you know i thought it was really interesting and they've got this nhs app and, and I, I do wonder if people up here you know if, if, if we're looking at developing a digital front door in scotland how that's going to look but i guess that's all stuff that we talk about at snug conferences and takes years to materialize yeah
2: and you know i, I mean i think that um sam patel and ewan morrison's contribution at our last um virtual day was really helpful just in terms of seeing the progress that we're making with electronic prescribing in Scotland. I think we are a bit behind the curve on this and, you know, um, it's really good to see them making some progress, but that's a big piece of work. It's going to take a bit of time to happen. Um, I mean, we've we've been doing some work locally around um, uh, teledermatology and I know that you've just done a little piece for us on teledermatology. We're working with Cambric, who are um, our suppliers of our patient administration system looking at a very simple way of securely transferring photographs into Sky Store um, using personal devices, which is a bit um, against the the grain, I suspect. Um, uh, there's an anxiety about the use of personal devi- devices in, in in general practice um, for 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 person for patient um, focused work, but but this looks actually really neat and. You know, the, the the camera quality in an iPhone now is superb, really, you know, um, and, you know, so why wouldn't we try and, and make it work? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's all, there's lots of things going on and it's quite difficult for people, I think, just to keep tabs on all of that. And I think that's one of the roles of Snug, potentially, that, you know, we just need to try and take that sort of um, Atlas landscape view of you know all the things that are going on and it's quite difficult to pull all of
0: that together at times yeah and i i guess we we get this vision of the future but we're still using 20 year old sky gateway and, and and ancient gpit systems and DocMan 7 that are really creaking and, and and almost falling over at this stage and and yet we're in this transitional stage and and we we hear every year obviously the updates but it, it's painfully slow in some ways
2: Yes, I mean, and I do um, sense that we're sort of on the cusp of fairly significant change now um, with the the um, vision product, really, the sedgem um, offering for reprovisioning being nearly ready to go. So I think we will, you know, I think next year, 2022, is going to be a year of significant change for some practices. But you're absolutely right, those systems that we have relied on and have been, fairly reliable for a considerable period of time are going to become things of the past, but we need to make sure that they continue to be reasonably reliable up until the point that nobody needs to use them. Um, And we also need to be careful that we're not persuading people to um, jump into a new system until we're absolutely confident that it's going to be robust and safe and, and, and function perform adequately for, for 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 those that that need to use it so the reprovision team are doing a lot of testing a lot of a lot of thinking about how that that swap over into the new system's going to work and uh, you know all part of them they' are they're, they're they're really getting on with it but I, they're as frustrated as the rest of us about the length of time that some of this has taken I suspect
0: yes well uh, i guess we need to see how it develops but uh, yeah well done on doing another year as uh, co-chair of snug uh, congratulations on that and uh every year at the agm uh <laughs> you, you you swear it's going to be your last year but then uh, well as i say you're like alex ferguson uh, of snug i think uh well i don't
2: know I I, I I think his level of success was somewhat different than mine and i, I do have a flight of racehorses. <laughs> Although somebody did forward me this morning an absolutely hilarious Irish uh, uh, racing commentary all about COVID, um, which I, I, I can forward on to you, Andrew, but it's, 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 it did make me smile this morning.
0: Do, yeah, I'll, I'll put it in the podcast uh, links at the bottom.
2: Social media has really exploded, I suspect, in terms of all of our lives in the last little while. You know, um, I used to belong to two WhatsApp groups until two years ago. Now I'm in about 32. Um, and, and these messages ping around and and uh, absolutely it's endless. Beep, 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 bling, bling, bling.
0: Um, yeah. So you, you, you have to switch off the notifications or you go crazy, really.
2: Well, uh, so interestingly, um, uh, I listened to a BMJ podcast a little while ago, a couple of weeks ago, which was about... Um, um addictive behavior in relation to social media and and particularly in 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 terms of children and actually how you how you you know start to um get them out of that incredible dependence on 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 their on their device um, first thing was uh, they suggested stop calling it a smartphone because some of the things that it does are far from smart and actually can be very Harmful, um, quite destructive. And the other thing that they um, said was, you know, really the, the, the place to start is to switch off notifications, um, and for you actually, you know, to um, start your detox, if you like, by breaking that immediacy of the dependence of having to look um, because somebody's pinged a message to you, and you think, oh, maybe it's important, when actually, probably the person sitting in front of you. It's just as important, if not more so. So, actually, that's going to be my new year, one of my new year's resolutions, Andrew. I'm going to, for the month of January, switch off all of my notifications. It'll probably drive the entirety of my family mad because they say I never reply to messages anyway. But I just think, you know, actually, just to have that headspace and not feel completely tied to your device all the time.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And no, I've I've got a chat uh, with Chris Weatherburn to put in this podcast as well, and he he's always very interesting on on the ways of keeping positive and uh, the point about maintaining good relationships with people around you, face to face, and not cutting yourself off. I, th- I think one of the dangers of it and being interested in um, all this technology is that we can end up in front of screens for far too long in the day and. Um, yeah, it's a, it is an isolating thing, and I'm sure you're absolutely right. This could be a New Year's resolution instead of going to the gym. That people uh, maybe switch off their their phone for a bit or their notifications at least. So you, you man, I, I suspect you'll not have had any um, opportunities to go to the south of France recently, uh, unfortunately.
2: Uh, sadly, not. No, um, in fact, I've uh, barely been out of Scotland um, this year, other than a very brief sojourn uh in England to um go to stay in a hotel very nice hotel um down in Leamington Spa where I spent the first night of my wedding 30 years ago Andrew, so that kind of gives you an indication of how long in the tooth now um but actually other than that uh, we've, we've barely been out of Dumfries and Galloway I think I've been to Glasgow once and, and uh, Edinburgh once so, so yeah it's, it's very strange because Particularly with snug work, I used to be up and down, um, you know, Edinburgh a couple of times a month, Glasgow a couple of times a month, and sometimes further afield. And you know, all of that has has come to an end. Um, I went to the Royal College conference in Liverpool. Um, actually, that was my one of my other um, escapes. And it was, and actually, it was lovely because that it, it didn't feel like the normaler because it wasn't busy. It, it was, you know, it was quite spaced out, and uh, everybody was um and being very very careful although it was england so nobody was wearing a mask um, but but that, that these are always um energizing events for me uh, you know i always come away from a college conference like that feeling um feeling refreshed um and, and reinvigorated and come you come away with lots of lots of good ideas about, about clinical things as well as um organizational things.
0: Yeah, no, I do hope we'll be able to get back to having a face-to-face, snug conference next year. That would be really good, but we just have to wait and see, I guess.
2: Yes, it's, it's really peculiar, isn't it? You know, you, you think you're almost there, and then it's, you know, it's like children in the car that aren't there yet. And, of course, then another another bump in the road, but, but there we go. What can we do? You just have to get on with it.
0: Yeah, it's it's weird. I, I even managed to get to a gig in November for the first time in a, about 18 months, so that was... um. Uh, a novelty. I went to see Swade in the Usher Hall in Edinburgh, so that was interesting.
2: Yeah, no, uh, me too, as they say. I, I, uh, um, in November, went to see Madness and Squeeze uh, in Aberdeen. We were up in Aberdeen visiting my daughter who works up as a GP in Aberdeen. Anyway, so they got me uh, Madness tickets for my Christmas, and it was great actually. It was,
0: and the place was packed and certainly not socially distanced. No. Well, I I hope Suggs isn't getting too arthritic at this stage.
2: Uh, Well, bizarrely, I've seen Madness play before a long, long time ago, and he certainly wasn't as agile and energetic as he was previously. But, yeah, they made you realise that they had a pretty extensive back catalogue, so they blasted out the tunes. Yes, indeed.
0: Yeah, it was the same with Suede, actually, you know, they have got this guy, Brett Anderson, you know, the singer, and he's, he's incredibly healthy and agile for a 50 something, you know, he he looked in great condition. But uh, no, it's, it's, it's remarkable when you manage to get back to some sense of normality. I mean, I think the bit, the best thing about this year has probably been the vaccinations that has allowed us all to do a bit more of what we used to do, you know, and feel like life might get back to something approaching normal soon. Listen, I'd, I'd better, um, i better let you go and do some proper work. Uh, but I uh, hope you have a great Christmas, and uh, yeah, I hope, um, I hope you're managing to maintain your Stellenbosch connection. Absolutely,
2: we. I mean, uh, what you mean in terms of uh, Omicron or in terms of uh,
0: Pinotage? <laughs> well, well, you did, yeah, you you did. Um, what was it? You mentioned the past, It was Majestic was keeping you going. Was that right?
2: Yeah, well, I, I, they have a direct line to my house, I suspect. The, 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 the guy doesn't even need to use his sat-nav anymore, which is slightly worrying, I suspect. <laughs>
0: have, a, have a great Christmas anyway, and um, I hope, yeah, I hope every year that uh, next year will bring forth an improvement in uh, in lots of things and that, well, continue enjoying being a GP and, and we'll, uh, yes, hope that Snug continues to keep people up to date with what's happening.
2: It's incredible incredibly important to maintain that sort of joy at work isn't it and i think we, we come from a generation who have traditionally been quite good at having fun um, um and it's been a bit frustrating um, not to be able to do some of that but we'll get back to it and uh snuggle definitely be part of that because uh, we recognize the value of, of, of bringing
0: people together well it's great it's great to hear you on the podcast again it's been too long
2: Yes, well, uh, it's always uh, always a pleasure. And, uh, you know, again, thanks a lot for for all you do for Snug Andrew. It's it's much appreciated.
0: Oh, well, you too. (laughs) So thanks a lot. We'll see you soon. Have a great Christmas, Neil. Bye. Happy Christmas. Switching off notifications. Now, that's a good idea for a New Year's resolution. So there's a link to that BMJ podcast in the episode notes. Now, our final guest is the excellent Dr. Chris Weatherburn, who is another friend of the podcast and someone else who is extremely active in the world of health informatics here in Scotland, and how he finds time to be a GP and spend time with his family and produce regular videos, newsletters and book reviews is absolutely amazing. But here he is from a beach in Dundee, although I'm guessing he wasn't doing any sunbathing. And there are quite a few ideas here to keep you entertained over the festive season and well into 2022.
3: Hello, Andrew. Hi, Chris. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Living the dream. How about yourself?
0: <laughs> well, as good as we can be on a nice uh, December Wednesday morning. Now, you've, you've had to change your location this morning. Is that right?
3: Uh, yeah. One of the storms hit me quite bad. So there was about eight people with chainsaws in my garden. And I doubt that's the festive noise you'd like for the background.
0: <laughs> no, I'm happy to avoid the noise of chainsaws.
3: Hopefully nobody will start cutting something down on the beach, but you never know.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad, I'm glad you've made it to the beach. Now, I can't believe it's a year since we had a chat for a, a Christmas podcast. Uh, it's, it's gone really quickly.
3: It's too quick, too quick, Andrew. H- how has your year been? I, you know, I was just thinking before speaking with you, it's been extremely busy, quite rewarding, doing a lot, uh, lots of work, perhaps too much work and not enough fun. How about yourself? It's just been so busy and trying to keep ahead of all the the COVID-related
0: developments, I guess. Um, But we're getting there. You know, we're just trying to adapt. Um, We're all expert telephone users at this stage. And uh, we're just trying to persuade patients that uh, (laughs) they don't all need to be seen for all these coughs and colds and things like that. I guess we're, we're all in the same boat.
3: Yeah, the eternal uh, lateral flow with symptoms. No, please do a PCR, and <laughs> and keeping up with the new names of uh, variants that are starting to sound like transformers. But um,
0: well, well, yes, I believe even Skimp has has mutated into a new variant. Is that is that right?
3: Absolutely. There's a new acronym every year. Primary care informatics, now formerly known as Skimp. <laughs>
0: It's like the artist formerly known as Prince, yeah.
3: <laughs> but but
0: but what what what's what sorry what's primary care informatics doing at the moment?
3: Uh well, a few things. We're now involved more with NSS, so the high priority things will be clinical safety cases, along with work supporting projects such as the digital asynchronous consultation system procurement. So more moving into procurement and also terminology. There'll be advances in terminology We're aiming to get a terminology server, uh, which would be extremely useful in terms of trying to improve the consistency of coding. A lot of work has been involved with the um, encounters data. Obviously, GP encounters are extremely hard to re- record accurately. The data's often okay for an individual practice, i.e. in your practice, you may have Andrew's Thursday morning and different color slots, uh, which people would know what they meant. But if you're looking at data as a whole across the population, and the main reason this is important is because hospitals have uh, data regarding their activity and GPs, there's hearsay And I believe it, it certainly feels that general practice is extremely busy. However, uh, there isn't strong data yet. So that's been one of the high priority areas, looking at data quality involved with some of Sir Lewis Ritchie's work. Yeah, I'm definitely hoping to cover some of the
0: practice activity data recording in a bit more detail, you know, maybe in a, a podcast in the new year, I think that would be a really useful, useful project. Now, we've really asked you on today to give us some good ideas for some some good books uh, to read over Christmas and New Year. You gave us some great ones last year.
3: Uh, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Andrew. Yeah. Um, so you've given me a lovely open question there. You can see you're a GP by background. Hey, um, I think positivity positivity of barbara l frederickson's perhaps the best book that i've personally read this year and it's on positivity as the title rightly suggests i've read a lot of books on this kind of subject and i believe this is the best one hands down it goes into the scientific evidence behind positivity in some detail I particularly liked the three to one positivity to negativity ratio. And if you can achieve that as an individual, then your life will potentially spiral upwards. If it's lower than that, particularly if it's flipped, then um, your life isn't going to be quite as happy and you won't get as much well-being as if you can work to put that ratio up. I mean, in terms of how to put the ratio up, A lot of this is about mindset, how you interpret things. And one of the key things coming back to the three to one ratio is that it would be unrealistic, like many books would suggest, to just have positive thinking alone, which gives this kind of illusion of you should be positive all the time, just think positively. And the trap there is that something bad happens. Oh, well, think positive. Something good happens Oh, that was because i was thinking positively so that's a realistic thing having the kind of three thoughts that are positive for you and versus one negative thing and i don't mean positive about you yourself as in just your thoughts about others interacting with others thinking about helping people because if you can find that day-to-day gratitude then and be kind to others that can really help your life. Uh, and so that would be my first strongest recommendation. I, I think if you want me to just keep talking, happy to do so. Um, some of this also relates to general practice teams, which is perhaps more important than me just talking about another book about positivity, because teamwork and positivity fit hand and glove. Um, And if that's done well, your team can thrive. And once again, there is this three-to-one ratio occurring, And, and that is if you can get your team to often together, collectively select what you believe is the best way forward, and you can weigh up the assets that you've got. This can really be beneficial to a team because it's easy to kind of focus on the negative. Oh, we've tried that before, it won't work, et cetera, et cetera. But if you can get people having this concept of psychological safety, so they're able to bring forward ideas that may not be best ideas, but just throwing out ideas. If a lot get thrown out and you have a good functioning team, you can find the best way forward. And I think that looking back over 2021, general practice has been under enormous changes and challenges. And even within the past week, as you'd know, we've had new guidance from SG about how to handle infections and different pathways. And this really requires a team that are able to brainstorm work together and stay also positive Thinking about the aim of this, putting the patient or the people at the center, and thinking we want to provide them with the best care and bringing people back together like that, I believe positivity is crucial. So there's Barbara frederickson that is the book. Of course, I've got a YouTube video summarizing it, and I've written it on my website and a more detailed summary. Uh, but if you wanted other books, um, you know, feel free to ask me any questions and stop me. Uh, I think I've also discovered the best ever book that I think many GPs would like and GP team members, all very important, primary care team as a whole, would be a classic. How to Stop Worrying and Start Living by Dale Carnegie. Uh, You may know of Dale Carnegie from his more famous book, I think, How to Win Friends and Influence People, which is also a great read. Uh, But in terms of you yourself, you must encounter so many people with anxiety and having a book that was written before I was born that shows really good coping strategies, how to understand this. I just think it's a fantastic book. It's interesting, well written, and I, I would highly recommend that one. That's brilliant. I mean you you are
0: definitely the most positive GP in Scotland, I think, and it's it's great to to tap into that and actually the tips that you've mentioned, the things about speaking to each other, looking for positives, celebrating positives, and also avoiding the potential anxiety and maybe separation that not just covid has brought but maybe also increased use of technology can bring i think it's really vital to to find ways to come together and even have coffee together talk together you know just we've been trying to do that more even though there's obviously still safety restrictions but i absolutely take on board what you're saying and i think i also noticed another review on your site by a guy called martin seligman and and you know it, that echoes a lot of what he talks about, not just trying to keep life as positive as possible, but talking about meaningful activities, being engaged in things, and also having these positive relationships. So I think it all, it all kind of echoes the similar sort of themes, I think, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I mean, I think that uh, that man, uh, Martin, mentions about the goal happiness is to actually increase life satisfaction and and kind of goes into detail about how well-being is made up. He's got a few good tips, like, I've never personally done this myself. Uh, you know, it's good to though sometimes know things and think, well, somebody else may like this, but that would be this kind of happiness, gratitude, before you're going to sleep, writing a few things down and taking that moment to look deliberately on the positive things. Then when a new challenge arises, you think, oh, well, there are going to be, you know, you've almost trained your brain to look for those positive things. Uh, And again, I I do think that teamwork and COVID has been such a challenge, but getting everybody on board with different uh, methods of working, because many GPs like to see people, you know, is um, portrayed in the media that GPs aren't particularly wanting to see people. I would argue that's categorically untrue. It's just, we want to see people and keep them safe. And and that's the, the key difference. So I, I think the new ways of working more will come for sure. Completely. And, and over the last
0: 12, 18 months, we've changed the ways we work and we can use those, I think, to be more efficient and as you say, to see the people who need seen, but absolutely to make use of the new skills in telephone consultations, maybe triaging patients better to see the right people. And I'm sure all of these things, although they've been painful at the time, will actually be a value to general practice. We, we did talk um, on one of the podcasts about uh, DAX in quite a lot of detail yeah. and, and actually looking at the history of general practice and how that might be such a key moment You know, almost like starting the use of the telephone was. You know, and it's it's going to be really interesting to see how many practices do take on this new way of working.
3: I think we all have to appreciate something that is in the long haul or medium. It depends how long you say, but I would say this isn't going to be something that's introduced and then a week later you've got it right. This is constant iterations in teams to get something working for them particularly some of the DAXs that are in controlling how people could access things that requires the whole practice access to be reconfigured again uh, so I, I think that we must not lose sight of that it's easy to try something new and shiny and then think, oh, it didn't work. I'll go back to my own way, my old way, which is obviously better because I've been doing it for 10, 20, 30 years. But clearly, these things take teamwork, cooperation, and knowing actually uh, about what the goal is. And that would bring me on to the final excellent book that I would recommend everybody reads called Free Suasion, A Revolutionary Way to Influence and Persuade by Robert Chialdini. And he's also done an excellent book called Influence as well. I think that one was the follow-up one. And the reason I'm saying that this is important is because in this current era, we're thinking about how to persuade the public often overall, and also how the government and media are trying to persuade the public. And it's just quite interesting to see distraction tactics occurring. Uh, So like, oh, the GPs are not seeing people face to face, which is a clear tactic to just divert attention to perhaps underfunding. But I won't get political there. I think that that is such a good book because it's got so many unique studies in it in which it will just cite a study, for example, saying people are stopped walking down the street and asked a question, um, and they'd be more likely to be helped if they had been primed in a certain way. I think there's a couple that are relevant to medicine and, and the audience listening, but the one I liked more was about hand hygiene. So they actually measured the amount of soap used in a dispenser, and one sign was added that says hand hygiene protects you from catching diseases. That had no impact on soap use. However, hand hygiene protects patients from catching diseases. Increased the amount of soap use by almost half. And I think that's fascinating. I think that if you've got a quality improvement mindset to try and influence the teams that we work in and trying to get best patient care, being aware of some of these persuasion tactics is potentially a useful tool in your armory. And if not, it's a great book worth reading. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, that sounds almost
0: like what we try to do as GPs, you know, explaining things in a way that patients will take on board and actually put into practice, uh, not not just tell them what we want them to do. For sure. Uh so w- what are your Christmas films this year Andrew? My Christmas films well um I I always like watching Airplane which is 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 not a Christmas film by any means but it just makes me laugh from start to finish so I always love watching Airplane but probably I guess from a Christmas point of view I always like um It's a Wonderful Life it takes a bit of time to you know to get to the Christmassy message that's positive at the end but uh, I do love it
3: I, I, I love airplane with the co-pilot, but I think that you'd only have to watch the uh, um, air hostess assisting, keeping the co-pilot uh, inflated. And uh, yeah, uh, you, you may want to put a clip of that, but I suspect you'll edit that out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, anyway, we'll see, we'll, we'll see. But listen, it's, it's, um, it's great to, um, to catch up with you. And uh, I hope you manage to have a great Christmas.
3: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, So, and, you know, uh, it's gone so quickly. One day we'll meet in person again. Hope you have a fantastic Christmas. All the best for New Year. Uh, This time I've actually thought about my favourite Christmas film ever. And uh, I'd highly recommend Bernard and the Genie. Uh, Alan Cumming, Rowan Atkinson, Lenny Henry. An old classic, a short one. It's only about an hour. Sure, find that on the internet. Fantastic. I, yeah. I won't spoil it, but definitely worth watching, even not at Christmas.
0: <laughs> well, you've given us lots of ideas for not just films, but also books. So that will keep us going for several months, I would imagine. But uh, it, it's great, actually. After we spoke last year, I started using Audible a lot more and, and just listening to things going out and about. And it's a great way to, to actually take in books just when you're um, out and about.
3: Oh, fantastic. Completely agree. books are the way forward. <laughs>
0: well, listen. Uh, keep 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 going with your videos, and uh, you know, keep encouraging everyone to to be as positive as possible. And uh, uh, thank you as well. We didn't hear a single chainsaw.
3: Oh, thank you. I'm sure I'll hear more when I get home. <laughs> All <laughs> Do right. Do take thanks. care. Thanks a All million. Bye bye for now. For bye. Now.
0: Always brilliant to have a chat with Chris. Do have a listen to or read some of those book suggestions and you can always see more about the massive range of books that he's reviewed and much more on his website, chrisweatherburn.com. Okay, it's been a bumper edition. Thank you so much for listening. And from everyone at Snug, we do wish each of you a very happy and healthy Christmas and New Year. Speak to you soon.
2: Have yourself a merry little Christmas.